Cameron and Jake are lifelong friends, and because Jake now lives in Japan and Cameron lives in Indiana, we stay connected with this podcast and all of our nerdy awesomeness. We talk about old video games and nostalgic uh, life stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. It's awesome. <laughs> it is. So, uh, welcome everyone to Region Unlocked Season 2. Welcome back, everyone. How's it going, Jake? Yeah, it's going great, Cameron. How about you? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. I'm excited to continue our conversation about the Game Boy Advance and oh, yeah. the many memories that we have from this system. Keyword mini, because it fits in your hand. Ooh, yes. A different way to spell mini. Definitely. I'm actually going to talk about a game where that's the main feature is being mini. Oh, dang. That sounds interesting. <laughs> uh, but before we get into it, I, I got some stories to tell you about my my week. But uh, what what did you do recently, Jake? What's what your did week I? Been? <laughs> What's your week uh, been? Aside from teaching and living in Japan, I've been uh, spending a lot of my time playing and beating The Last of Us Part Two. Yes, that's and right. And hopefully, people listen to our spoiler cast. That we, we put out a little while ago now at this point. Yeah. But <laughs> as of right now, that is, yes, we we are recording this just after that spoiler cast. And The Last of Us 2 has had quite the impression. Oh, yeah, definitely. So listen to that and experience the emotional catharsis that we did. Um, I don't know yeah. if it's cathartic, but anyway. <laughs> Sort of, kind of. So I wanted, So this week I had two stories for you. So first off, uh, have you really watched the 007 movies? Are you a big fan of those? Yes, I've watched quite a few. Okay. Well, I was I was bored one night and was slipping through and saw Quantum of Solace. And oh yeah, so like okay, let's watch this. And I gotta say, I was I was pretty disappointed because I thought it was just very boring and gritty because I think I think these new James Bond movies started up like around where like Batman had started the trend where everything needed to be a gritty reboot and yep. that's what these new uh, Daniel Craig movies are and <laughs> some of the action in this had so many stinking cuts as you're yeah. watching where it's, it's just cut after cut after cut where you can barely even tell what's happening especially in the opening car chase in this movie and uh-huh. I just yeah. I found it really boring. So afterwards, it's like we need we need to go back and watch some old ones where it's like it's campy. It knows how silly the whole premise of it is, and because yeah. the only movie at this point I'd really seen was uh, Die Another Day, the last Pierce Brosnan movie. Oh yeah, yeah. And it is so over the top campy that yep. <laughs> it's incredible and I thought that was kind of the standard for all of them but that's that's not actually the case so I thought I I just want to go back and watch all the Pierce Brosnan ones and since you and I were talking about GoldenEye not too long talking about the game it's like let's just mm-hmm. start with GoldenEye and watch that movie and then we'll yeah. go forward from there GoldenEye is on Rotten Tomatoes the highest rated of the Pierce Brosnan 007s oh but I was hmm. not a fan. It is okay. a very boring movie. It's just, it came out in 1995, and it's crazy that Dying of the Day came out in 2002. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. there's only a seven-year difference, but like they feel like two different eras yeah. of, of technology. And, mm-hmm. oh, we were, just, we were just so bored. And yeah disappointed because it's also very straightforward it's not as silly as die another day and i i like some silly spy movies yeah there's some really silly ones the further (laughs) back you go with bond Um, yeah but i gotta say i really enjoyed uh skyfall okay and uh casino royale those were those i think did seriousness right okay so maybe i'll give those a chance i wasn't a fan of specter i thought it was just I just wasn't a fan of it. (laughs) 
Uh, all right. Yeah, I, I know some of the Daniel Craig ones were not very well liked, and I think I've heard that about Spectre. But so, have you seen Goldeneye? Yes, a long how, time ago. Do you can can you remember enough? How does it compare to the game? Does it does this, the game follow the story of that movie very well? Yeah, the game follows it pretty closely, mostly in the scripts. And they took a lot of the of blueprints and screenshots from the movie to make the game's graphics and textures. Mm-hmm. So overall, it looks pretty close, like even down to the actors' appearances. Well, for for what you can do on an N sixty four, but yeah, it, it follows it pretty close, I'd say. Okay, all right. I guess that was my only question. So yeah, uh, yep. overall. They're okay. <laughs> After we watched Umbrella, <laughs> he's like, we need to watch a better spy movie. So we watched uh, Kingsman, and it's like, oh, oh. Yes. Kingsman is much better. <laughs> Both uh, British spy movies, just a little yes. bit different. <laughs> All right. But anyway, so uh, another thing I've been up to, as I said last week on the podcast, my big goal was to get a new replacement screen for my Game Boy to, mm-hmm. to play through my games and i did and i got it and it is beautiful hopefully oh, i've got that up on twitter you can go to our twitter and watch how i did it and see how beautiful it looks there's a few parts where i kind of messed up on where this the screen isn't perfectly aligned on it but overall i'd mm. say it's not noticeable but uh oh man here's what i did i really didn't know how long batteries would last it's been a long time since i've played games using double a batteries you know since the sp everything's been rechargeable mm-hmm. and i was playing minish cap to talk to it to talk to you about minish cap today <laughs> which i've never played before and one day i was playing it and the battery light was red most of the day like for multiple hours and oh. i kept thinking like well this has been red for so long I, I really don't know how much I have left, but eventually it started to go dim to where it was barely, the red light was barely on anymore. And I thought, okay, okay this is where I need to stop. I'm going to save and go and turn off and go put new batteries in it. Okay. And apparently I waited too long. And so I'm oh. about, I was about two thirds through the game, I'd say. And I went to go save it. And as I was saving and it says, you know, do not touch the power or the game pack. It died on me. Oh, and shoot. I, thought, I thought, no, no way did that actually do anything. That's that's just like, you know, a, a cautious tale. Like, don't uh-huh. don't turn it off while it's saving. But but hopefully things are actually going to be fine. That was not the case. I turned it back on and my save was wiped. And it's like, oh, oh, no, I was really enjoying that, but not enough to immediately start this over. So I'm going to I'm going to wait a little bit before I go back and try to beat Minish Cap. Yeah, no kidding. Hurt my heart. That's hard, man. I am sorry. It's okay. The uh, system itself looked pretty cool. Gotta say on the (laughs) bright side. No pun intended. The much brighter side. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, it's pretty cool screen. it's it's definitely given my Game Boy new life, and it's been fun to go back and play some games. I I also played some Mario Kart Super Circuit just to mm. feel that nostalgia. That game has not held up very well. Oh yeah. Either way, <laughs> I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that is that. Where do we go from here? I say we talk about some of the different games that are near and dear to our hearts on the Game Boy Advance. So, Jake, I thought what we should do is, since last week we talked about the hardware, this week let's actually talk about the games that stood out to us, the ones that were our favorites that we cherished on here. So I think I've got like three games I wanted to talk about. You've got two. I've got two. So really, I I don't have a bunch of facts like I normally do. So I just kind of wanted to to talk about those memories and what was so good about those games. So uh, I'll go ahead and kick it off with the Minish Cap.
Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. Did you ever play this game? If I did, I don't remember it. Okay. So I never did either, and just started playing it since, you know, we decided we were going to talk about Game Boy. Uh-huh. And, ooh, it is good. It is oh, really? really good. Yeah. Have you, have you played any top-down Zeldas, really, besides Link to the Past? I played extensively the um, Oracle of Seasons and Ages. Okay, those are on Game Boy Color, right? Yeah, but there was uh, there were features that you could unlock by playing the cart on that Game Boy Advance. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. But anyway, like I used to be, I don't know, apprehensive because you know I had only played the 3D ones, mm-hmm. and I didn't know about playing one of these top-down ones until they came out with Link Between Worlds on 3DS, and I played that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh dang, like this is really fun, and then went on to play the Link's Awakening remake on Switch, and then played this. And this game is like. It holds up very well, especially in compared to the newer games. Like once you get past the fact that the graphics are Game Boy graphics, mm-hmm. you quickly forget that you're playing this old game. And part of that is because these top-down Zeldas are very formulaic. Not uh-huh. to say, oh, I think most Zelda games are very formulaic, <laughs> but uh, it kind of follows the same order of unlocking things where it's like, oh, you can't. You can't go here until you can blow up rocks. You can't go here until you get the flippers. But one thing I really like about that is that in these 2D Zelda games, the the more difficult part of the game, the more puzzling, is actually the gap between dungeons. Exploring the overworld and trying to figure out where to go next is usually the hardest part in these games. Sometimes frustratingly so, but... I really like that because I feel like in a lot of the 3D ones, it's kind of just beelines to the next dungeon. Uh huh. And that is not the case here. And the dungeons so far that I played are more or less linear to where I'm never stuck very long. It's pretty Uh quick and easy to figure out where I'm supposed to go. Okay. Overall, it is really good. So, okay. Awesome. Anyway, it's called the Minish Cap. And that's because you have a hat who is a wizard who was turned into a hat by the bad guy. And he can help you shrink and visit the Minish, which is like this little elf race that is hidden all over Hyrule that you can only see once you've shrunk. And some of the dungeons are you have to be shrunken to enter them. And it's Uh really fun just because like the first dungeon in the game, the boss is just a choo-choo. Oh, but yeah. since you're so tiny, this choo-choo is the, one of the most dangerous things you've ever seen. And yeah. then later you have to fight a little Octorok, but you're also small, so this Octorok is the most dangerous thing you've ever seen. And it's just <laughs> it's just funny, a fun little twist, how being small has completely changed your interpretation of these beasts that you just, you know, one-shot on the map as you <laughs> are normal-sized. Yeah. Wow. That sounds interesting. I've only seen this game in ads, and oh, I considered okay. picking it up once because I was reading some pamphlets or something about it, but that was back when I was but a poor child. Not poor that I changed much, but... <laughs> so this game was made by Capcom, which I thought was surprising that, that Capcom is. had partnered to make a Zelda game, but they did an awesome job. And so one thing that I thought was really interesting is that part of their thinking is that these top-down games Zelda games they need like two worlds mm-hmm. and that that's kind of a, a trend where like link between worlds and link to the past like you've got the dark world where it's like yeah. you've got the same map but inverted in some ways and mm-hmm. so they that's why they base this game around shrinking where you've kind of got this other world to explore while small and for some reason, okay. just all the a lot of the top-down Zelda games have this duality of I don't know two worlds. I thought that was yeah, that was interesting. That is true. Oh my gosh, yeah, like all the ones that I can think of have two worlds or some variation of that. Mm-hmm. This game also the music is so good. I couldn't believe the music that was coming out of this little Game Boy speaker. I didn't know it was huh. capable. 
And so I was very happy with that. Very good music. The one of the major complaints I had is control wise, you know, we don't have a lot of options with the Game Boy because we we've got L and R and A and B. So yeah. they relegated all the items to A and B. And okay. R is roll, which I like that. Being able to roll is super helpful. It's quick, it's a good way to dodge. And I don't think that's common in the in the top down Zelda games. But there's nothing trig uh, mapped to L other than there's these people you can talk to people and like give them a stone which unlocks things but it's like why did this have to be l and huh. even if it is l <laughs> it can still be l when you come and approach them but other okay. than that it's used for nothing you can't map anything to it it's like why can't huh. you just have the shield always on l or that is or be able to assign things to it because it doesn't make sense at all because Sure, R is to roll, but R is also to talk to people. So why couldn't uh -huh. this L do the same thing? So I don't yeah, know yeah. why they didn't map that button, and that was disappointing. But you get over it. Yeah, that's enough. that's but interesting. It just it it stinks having the shield as an item that you have to equip, because mm -hmm. since because of that, I never have it equipped. Not that you really need to, since you mm -hmm. can roll. I'm dodging most things instead of shielding. I gotcha. And then just one little trivia thing for you. So this game came out in January of 2005. Why is that weird, Jake? January of 2005? Yeah. I'm going to guess it's because that's after the DS came out. You're exactly right. Okay. All right. Yeah. So wow. the DS came out in November of 2004. And okay. I don't know. I just, especially as a kid, once a new console comes out, uh -huh. I am immediately done with whatever came before, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. And it's just weird that such a big and good game came out after its time, you know? In 2004, yeah. the, the Game Boy Advance is more or less done. I wonder why they didn't just port that over or make it a DS game. Oh, that's a good question. But, you know, at the beginning of the DS life, everything had to be gimmicky and, and use oh. the touchscreen in some way. Yeah, and that was true. That they hadn't built touchscreen into it. <laughs> Even so, like, some of the games where, the t where it had the touchscreen capabilities, it was just a stretch. Like you said, it was a gimmick. It wasn't uh -huh. helpful at all. I think the biggest... I mean, okay, as great as it was for the Metroid game with the, with the DS... Um, like there are just other ones, like where you could just move stuff around and it mm -hmm. wouldn't do anything. But you know exactly what that was like. <laughs> yeah, I do. But anyway, that is the Minish Cap. So good game. I am looking forward to eventually beating it, but I have to restart it, and hmm. I don't want to restart it right now. Yeah, but well, I definitely shoot, man. enjoyed the time I had with it. So Jake, what do you want to talk about next? I want to talk about how sorry I am <laughs> for you that you had to lose your save file. <laughs> that you. really sucks, man. I'm just saying. Did. Like, oh, man. But at least you got to play it on your new, you know, system. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I'll bet. But uh, oh, anyway. Hold on, no, quick up? tangent. I've been doing lots of research on screens and Game Boy shells, and I accidentally stumbled upon this site, this company called Boxy Pixel. Okay. And they machine Game Boy shells out of aluminum. Oh, and snap. Yeah, so you can buy these metal Game Boys there. And I think, like, you can buy a complete Game Boy from them that's already got... It's got metal buttons, metal shell, and a rechargeable battery pack in it, and the oh, new snap. screen. And that's all, I think, in total, it's like 220 bucks. To buy that from them or you can buy the parts and do it yourself for a little bit cheaper but as, as soon as i stumbled across it it was like oh no i'm gonna waste some money in the future aren't i but <laughs> luckily they're they're out of stock at the moment on most parts <laughs> luckily <laughs> but yeah it's cool and they are pretty so they do it for uh game boy advance and original game boys as well and you can oh. even get aluminum cartridges 
where it's you know it's just the shell but it, you know the only thing holding a cartridge together is just like one screw on the back so then you yep. can take apart one of your old carts and put it in this metal one instead that's pretty cool it is very cool <laughs> now i'm gonna be so, checking that out why are you doing this man i'm gonna be yeah, losing my sorry. money <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's clearly right. your fault <laughs> i interrupted you what what game do you want to talk about uh i am going to be talking about um castlevania circle of the moon which was uh a planned launch title for the game boy advance and an amazing one at that cameron did you yep. ever play any of the castlevania games i've not ever played any of them Okay, so it's a horror series, and it's um, made by Konami. Okay. And the early Castlevania games, because it stretches all the way back to the original Nintendo, all the way to modern day, the original mm -hmm. ones I consider to be a lot creepier, and the modern ones are maybe just a little more action-filled, I'd say, but they're okay. all very different. And I think that this game was kind of like a uh, new level up for me in my uh, quest for gaming and finding cool games so um anyway this game was on the game boy advance and it was the first i'd say big boy game that i ever okay. played on a handheld because yeah. prior to this because this game's rated t prior mm. to this i would big only boys. play like yeah exactly i would only play um you know cartoony games or yeah. kid themed games so when i popped this one in i was kind of blown away so it follows the uh, Castlevania tradition of you are a vampire killer and you have to kill Dracula in some way or another. And every uh, Castlevania game follows that. Dracula has awoken again and is in a new castle and you're a vampire killer of some, of some sort and you have to periodically take out um, Dracula. So very Nintendo-like, using the same story over and over again. Yeah, kind of. And this game is no <laughs> exception. And unfortunately, okay. it has been excluded on many canon timelines for the Castlevania series. Oh, really? Because the characters that were in it were like never featured again or heard from prior in any other Castlevania game. And I don't know why. It's just it's unfortunate that this, that this game has drifted into obscurity considering how good of reviews it got but anyway it's uh it's a game where you you're a vampire killer as is pretty common and it takes place in 1830 in a castle in austria that was the big thing that i remember like oh 1830 austria. that's a cool year basically okay. and the graphics are definitely a step up from previous uh side-scrolling castlevania games but um you play as uh nathan graves and okay. him and his friend Hugh and their dad go to uh, take out Dracula, but then Dracula takes out the dad, and you two are stuck <gasps> in this castle to try to get to the top tower and take out Dracula. So okay. what's really cool about this game is you play this you play this character, and he's got this whip, this vampire killing whip that you use to fight whatever monster you find in all corners of this castle. And this castle is huge. All right, it okay. is massive. And there's like courtyards, there's dungeons, there's there's just all these different rooms, okay? And it's really neat because it's a 2D side-scroller, but it's got elements of, um, of an RPG. Because you can basically explore the castle at your own leisure. In, uh -huh. in prior Castlevania games, that wasn't really a thing. Or at least the ones okay. that I played. Was, they were pretty pretty linear. So you could uh, also upgrade his stats as well with different items. Okay. All right. And all these monsters that you would face off against were monsters from different folklores across the world. You know, you've got, you know, the Medusa creatures, uh, you've got these golems, you've got ghosts, specters, just about everything you could possibly think of. And uh, you eventually get to Dracula and you take him out. But... Mm -hmm. This game was gritty, and it's wow. kind of cool. Grit, gritty with its graphics and gritty with its themes. It wasn't, you know, a cheesy little spooky game. Okay. This was a horror game, and you turn it on for the first time, and this creepy choral chant that's like in Latin starts playing in some minor key. 
Okay. So automatically, you know this game's going to be creepy, which it was for me. And I played it, when I replayed it a few months ago, it kind of held up, to be honest. Okay. I don't know why, but it just, it did. Um, so my memories of this game are very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because of the impact it had on me. So Castlevania, Circle of the Moon. Yeah, one heck of a game. But it was planned to be a uh, launch title for the Game Boy Advance originally. Okay. And both of the main characters were supposed to be playable characters, but that was never followed through. Let's see, what else? Yeah, I had something else I was going to say about it, but I lost it. <laughs> So but anyway, li- it got ri- No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just looking up. So it came out in 2001. Yes. And cuz I was trying to figure out cuz you said this what had like more of an open world exploration and Yeah, it it did. As we'll talk about going forward, you know, there's the term called Metroidvania. A combination okay. of Metroid and Castlevania and that oh. that's that they kind of they have this formula of it's like a puzzling environment where you can go anywhere kind of trying to figure out where you go next and so i was just curious which which castlevania was the first to adopt this uh metroidvania style and that was symphony of the night which came out in 97 okay and that's i've i've heard the most about symphony of the night that seems to be everyone's favorite but anyway go on it's also one that i've never played oh okay (laughs) all the castlevania games but this game got pretty good scores and reviews and i never owned it until years after i first played it mm-hmm. because a i wasn't allowed to get it because it was rated t and b boy. um <laughs> it, my friend had it all right and what uh, happened was we all wanted to play it so we'd all just borrow it from him like once a week and we just keep trading it off yeah so good old good old days of borrowing games borrowing carts there was something cool about that made games feel more personal it made them feel more impressive yeah you had to cherish it because it's like you only had a limited time with it before you had to give it back it's true kind of like the rental system that we don't really use anymore blockbuster (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a good point i've not rented a game in a very long time it was fun though i think the last time i went to family video to rent a game was i wanted to rent spider-man on ps4 oh yeah right before i owned it so i think right when that came out was the last time i went to go rent a game and it was gone so i didn't get to rent it oh snap. it's just nowadays it sucks because you you know you only have a game for a night maybe and it takes an hour to install it on your console before yeah. you can even play it but Anyway, that's uh, that's not what we're talking about. So, actually, before we continue, Jake, uh, let's take a break. Okay. Sound good? All right. We will be right back. All right. We are back from our quick little break and jake something special has happened oh dang cameron what's happened well this season of region unlocked we're trying to do something new and bring in some guests every once in a while so we actually have our very first guest you might know her as i don't know (laughs) (laughs) trying to hype it up that as who You know her as Lindsay, but more importantly, you know her as my wife. Lindsay, welcome to Region Unlocked. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so honored. You should be. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Jake. (laughs) So, Lindsay, uh, a question I'm going to ask any guests we have is, just in general, what is your favorite game of all time? That is really hard. Um... You would probably expect me to say Animal Crossing, um, but I'm actually going to pick a game that I know I'll always just want to play over and over again, I think no matter how old I am. And for me, that is Yoshi's Island. Yoshi's Island. <laughs> I so love nice. that game. Why is that your favorite game? I've just always loved just the design of the game. The colors are just adorable. All the levels were so cool. Um, even 
the ones that were supposed to be scarier were still just adorable and quirky and happy, and Yoshi has always been my favorite Mario character. He's cute. He's a good character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Yoshi's awesome. Yeah. So, and I can also talk about that game in this episode. Yeah, you're right. So uh, we're talking about the Game Boy Advance, and I wanted to bring Lindsay on just to to talk about her gaming experiences because, uh, Lindsay, you were much more into games as a kid, right? That's true. Now all you play is Animal Crossing. That is also true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know that the Game Boy Advance was pretty important to you. So yeah. I guess just kind of... Walk us through that. What was your experience getting the Game Boy Advance and what was so great about it? Yeah, um, so my my brother, he is four years younger than me. He has always been very into games and still is. And he had a Game Boy Color growing up um, and he would share that with me. We've always been pretty good at sharing things. So I always enjoyed playing his games. And then he got a Game Boy Advance um, probably a year before I did. And my parents just noticed I was asking to borrow that a lot more, especially on long car rides. Um, so they got me the purple Game Boy Advance. Ooh. I was so excited. That was a great Christmas. And yeah, it's just still something my brother and I would share, even though I had my own console. Um, usually we just bought one game. Like we didn't have two different versions of it. Oh, um, and just share it back and yeah, forth. Yeah, and we were mm. always just really, really good at that. Um, so even though Game Boy is something you play by yourself, I actually have a lot of memories um, on all of the games of playing with my brother, and that was just a really fun part of childhood. Okay. Cool. So what kind of games were you playing on it? Uh, well, I've already mentioned Yoshi's Island mm-hmm. was my favorite. Um, my brother also loved that one. So that's probably the game I have played the most out of any game ever, because we would just play it over and over again. Um, I also... I actually didn't even remember this game until I was researching for this episode, but we played Superstar Saga so much. Um, I loved that game. The Mario and Luigi game? Yeah, the, oh. the RPG game. Um, yeah, I, we spent so much time in that game, um, and it was so hard and stressful, <laughs> uh, but I loved it. And yeah, my brother and I would just have so much fun figuring out the levels. Um, if he got stuck on something, he would pass it to me, and then I would try it. And yeah, we had so much fun playing that game. And then we also played um, just Super Mario World a lot. That's one I remember playing over and over again as well. I just loved that one. And then um, we would still play Game Boy Color games. Yeah, that was pretty common on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, I love that you could still fit those in there. Um, So I played Legend of Zelda, um, Link's Awakening, and that was just a Game Boy Color game we had. Um, And then also we... Pokemon. I don't remember if it was red or blue. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's probably a crime on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, they're more or less the same game, so okay. it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I know we had one of those. I don't remember. Um, and I, I remember playing the Mario Kart a little bit okay. as well. So I noticed, so you talked about two two games being Yoshi's Island and Super Mario World, which are Super Nintendo games. And I don't know about you, Jake, but how do you compare the Game Boy Advance to the Super Nintendo? To the Super Nintendo? I think it was yeah. pretty comparable. Like graphics wise and like system wise it just like the speeds for everything yeah i mean it felt like just a miniaturized version of the super nintendo that's what at least i thought to be honest when i first got around to playing the game boy advance yeah i agree with that where a lot of the games on here either feel like a direct port of a super nintendo game or a sequel to one where they're yeah. like they're very similar and their roots are all based off the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I've even looked through a few videos on YouTube of trying of people trying to figure out is the Game Boy Advance just a shrunken Super Nintendo? <laughs> and I mean there's a lot of evidence that that seems to be close to the case and I did read that Nintendo actually intended that to be so similar to it just so they could have a bunch of games that they could easily port. Oh. to the Game Boy Advance, Snap. and they clearly did. But they they held up really well, and look, some of them look even better, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, Yoshi's Island looks just as good. Yeah, if not, yeah. If not better. There's something about playing it on that smaller screen that makes it feel more crisp. Like, True, higher resolution. Yeah. So, but Lindsay... Yes, Jake. No, no. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. That's that's what I thought. <laughs> okay. This is the hardest part about a Skype podcast is talking over each other. 
No kidding. Um, <laughs> all right, so Lindsay, you mentioned Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, which is a game I was going to talk about with Jake, but since you brought it up, let's go ahead and talk about that game. Okay, great. So this game blew me away. This was the first time I actually played a Game Boy Advance game and thought, like, oh, wow, like this is a full game worth playing on Game Boy. Because I feel like up to that point, everything was just kind of rip-offs of better games that were mm-hmm. on consoles, like Mario Kart Super Circuit. I'd rather be playing it on my N64 or GameCube. I don't need to play it on my Game Boy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, SpongeBob Super Sponge. That game was just, that just was not good. And so <laughs> I feel like my early time with the Game Boy, it just had this stigma of it's it's just something to do in the car or to waste time because these games aren't necessarily worth it. So it wasn't until yeah. I played this where it's like, whoa, like this is a fully fledged game that I can only get here on my Game Boy. Uh-huh. And I played for hours just laying on my couch really into this game. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that. This game, it just felt so much bigger than the other games, Um, you know, even something with lots of levels. But this was just a whole different world. You had so many different, like, characters and species. Uh, The villain was different, which I think has always really stood out to me. Um, But yeah, it it seems like the biggest Mm -hmm. Game Boy Advance game. Yeah, the villain's not even Bowser for once. Which is refreshing. (laughs) I can't always hate Bowser. Well, how's this game started out? I'm pretty sure Bowser is trying to kidnap Peach. But someone else screws things up first, so Bowser like reluctantly joins you to to help you win. So it's like one of the first <laughs> games where you you actually team up with Bowser. Oh dang! But yeah, like the bad guy shows up and replaces Peach's voice with a, an explosive vocabulary. Yes, and the, the bad guy was Cackletta. Cackletta, which is that's a cool name. I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, but, man, this game it was huge and it was funny. Like, this was a very <laughs> funny game where I was trying to remember just parts that stood out. I'm pretty sure, like, even though you play side by side with Mario and Luigi, no one knows who Luigi is. <laughs> like, throughout the whole game, they just call him, like, Mr. Green. Or... <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're making that real. <laughs> and the, like, the most famous Mario is is he's famous for jumping and that's it yes. and so anytime it's like oh I don't believe you're the Mario brothers and then it's like press A to prove it and you just jump <laughs> like oh my gosh you are Mario look at that jump <laughs> and they just go on about how good you are at jumping um, oh, that's I so think this funny. Is one of the few games or at least for me where we actually got to see them be plumbers at the beginning oh do they you do yeah because um, i've always known that they were plumbers um and i don't know why i've always known that because we never see them actually be plumbers that's a good point but in this game you do all right huh there you go that is canonical cool. plumbers finally within the video game realm it doesn't exist in a cheesy ni- early 1990s movie <laughs> oh my gosh let's not talk about that movie Talk about what? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So just a few of the things I remember about this game is it is a turn-based RPG, and it's pretty much the only one I've ever played. And at the time, I was fine with it because I was enjoying this game for the first time. But since then, I've never been able to go back to it just because I think the turn-based RPG just really slows the game down. Mm. And... Even in like like Pokemon's turn based, but those are pretty quick and you can run away from encounters if you want to. Yeah. But in this, it's like I'm tired of going into this whole animation just to fight two little bean enemies. Mm-hmm. And that that got on my nerves eventually. But other than that, it was good. And they made like four sequels, I wanna say, to this series of games. Really? I, yeah, I have Mario and Luigi Dream Team on three DS, but for the same reason, I couldn't I couldn't get into it because I was just tired of the the turn based gameplay. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Snap. That is I Mario and no Luigi. Superstar Saga sequels. <laughs> All right, Lindsay. Anything else that you wanted to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. I think I hit all of my favorite games. Okay. Well. Lindsay, we're going to have you back at the end for a game show that we're going to play. But until then, thank you for coming. Thanks so much for having me. Again, just so honored to be your first guest. Yes, you should be honored. (laughs) This is a very prestigious podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is fancy schmancy stuff. (laughs) 
All right, so we will take a break, and then Jake and I will continue talking about a few more games. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We're going to continue talking about the Game Boy Advance games that we do so love. Um, What's next? What's next is a little game called... Uh, little, because they were little. Anyway, um, it was <laughs> what, a game Minish called... <laughs> Minish Cat? We already, we already about talked them. about that. <laughs> the carts, the minish cap, everything is just small. Anyway, uh, I'm going to talk about a game called Bionicle. Okay. Ooh. And it's supposedly called uh, Lego Bionicle Quest for the Toa. But that was never on the box when I played it. But um, Cameron, <laughs> do you remember the Bionicle craze in the early 2000s? Early 2000s? I was still a part of it in 2015. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dude, totally. Bionicles rocked. I, how, did you collect them? I collect. I, I collected them for the first, like, series, back yeah. with the original Toa. And then after that, I got a couple of Borocks, and that was about it. So I, I learned and loved Bionicle from my friend Jason. Hey, Jason, how's it going? <laughs> um, but he, he would get them, like, for his birthdays, and he had all of them from the original set and the original set is awesome and it is so i i got into it a little too late to where i only got the red and green one what's it lua and who's the red one the uh main, the red one the is leader. tahu tahu so i had those two and then i went on to collect all of the the nuva which is like the second gen mm-hmm. and like all of the enemies the, the ones that rolled they're like yeah, folded up into little balls. The Borax, yeah. So I had all of them. Uh, that was about it. And then they relaunched in 2015. And I got all of those and all of the enemies and that. But then I got really ticked because within the same year, they relaunched them ag again. I mean, kind of like the Nuva are uh -huh. still the same characters, but new armor. They came yep. out with new ones again. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just bought all these. You can't, <laughs> you can't give me new ones to buy. And I think that kind of hurt Lego because those weren't on shelves long before they got oh. pulled. And I see. So Bionicle's not a thing again because of that. Yeah, it it did kind of fizzle out, or at least it involved, or ev it evolved into Hero Factory. I think. Yeah. Wasn't that I a think thing? You're right. Okay. Yes. But. It, it was pretty popular for a while, and that initial launch was kind of when this uh, Game Boy Advance game came out, and yes. it kind of helped spur the popularity. Um, mm -hmm. Initially, I think it was with McDonald's. You go to McDonald's and you get a little tiny um, a Bionicle character, and yeah. they were villagers, and okay. that was what got this uh, started. And these villagers that you got in these Happy Meals were the characters that you would play as in this game, Lego Bionicle, Quest for the Toa. Um, mm -hmm. And this is before the original uh, Toa had come to the island of Matanui. So it's like you're preparing for their arrival. And that's what made this game really fun, was like, oh, we're starting this whole new thing. What are the Toa? Uh, who are they? What's going to happen next? Oh, you, that's right. Yeah, you, you play as a uh, character named Takua, and you traverse the entire island of Matanui and all the villages and each one of the villages corresponds to a different um, like a different biome pretty much okay. and it was really cool because it was partially 3D kind of like an isometric top down yeah. 2.5D deal and um, you could like freely roam as, as linear as this game was where you just like go from one place to the next and that was it it felt like a lot more free because there were not only mini games you could play at like the hub world of each uh, village, um, but it, it just, you could walk around and this was unheard of. Prior mm -hmm. to this, most of us had just 2D side-scrolling games like, whoa, cool. And also at the beginning, you could uh, customize your little villager however you wanted with different colored masks oh. and such. So it was neat. and. Yeah, that's what I remember most about this. Uh, looking back, though, it got terrible reviews. Uh, <laughs> and I can see why. Uh, this game was kind of glitchy. So, oh, really? Yeah, like, there were so many out-of-bounds places that you could just jump to and then die from. And hmm. a lot of places where you could get stuck. The graphics weren't fully rendered in that regard. Or I should say the uh, possible places where you could go were not fully... <laughs> 
tested, I think. But it was kind of glitchy. But the mini games were fun, I gotta say. And when you're okay. the age of when this stuff was really cool, in my case, around like fourth and fifth grade, that was it. This was new technology. This was a oh, whole new universe. So it was cool, no matter what. Um, yeah. Well, because I remember playing this with you. You had brought it over or something, and I thought, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's and right. So that's right. I thought yeah. it was really cool, the whole isometric view. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, I hadn't really played a 2.5D game on Game Boy Advance. Like, most of everything I had was like a side scroller. Yeah. And it was cool to see a more open environment. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I want that. And yeah. very soon after, we went out and bought it, or so I thought. But it was <laughs> a different Bionicle game. And it was a side scroller. And I was like, oh. oh no, this isn't what I thought it was. I thought this was Jake's game. And so I barely touched that Snap. game. I have no idea where it is, but I do have the box. Wow. <laughs> Snap, man. That stinks. Oh, well. Yeah. You don't even know. This game just says Lego Bionicle on the front. You don't even know what the actual name of the game is. Huh. The Quest for the Toa. You don't know that. <laughs> I don't. Doesn't say it anywhere. But yeah, that's game number two that I got on the okay. Game Boy Advance for the same reason, originally playing it from a friend who had lent it to me and thinking the same thing. It was really cool that you could see the isometric view. Yeah. So, And from there, I bought all the Bionicle sets for the next month or so, and then it kind of fizzled you out. As I should. I spent too much money <laughs> on that. Oh, well. So, Cameron, uh, do you have any other Game Boy games you'd like to talk about? I have one more, and this is a big one. This is Metroid Fusion. Did you play Metroid Fusion? I did not, but I remember it getting perfect scores. Oh, really? Yeah, so, it was highly reviewed. I remember that. I, I don't remember when I played this. I, it was sometime in high school, which was at least three or four years after this game came out. But anyway, Metroid Fusion is the first side-scrolling or 2D Metroid since Super Metroid. So this came out in November of 2002. The previous Metroid was 1994. So it had okay. been eight years since a new Metroid had come out. And, wow. you know, I feel like nowadays long gaps between games is more common just because we understand how long development time is, especially mm-hmm. like in our Last of Us spoiler cast. It was seven years between those games, but at no yeah. point was I ever like blown away that that was seven years. But back then, I feel like there was a lot quicker turnaround for sequels. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this game went, or this franchise went unknown for eight years is surprising. Because when you think about that, that skipped the Game Boy and that skipped the N64. Yeah. And that that's not common. Usually Nintendo always has a big series entry on each console that they uh-huh. have. Yeah. But anyway, so Metroid Fusion is a side-scroller very similar to Super Metroid. But the the little twist is that you're not really fighting Metroids, you're fighting uh, Parasite X. And so Parasite X, I I don't remember the story very well, but you get like attacked by one or something and it fuses with you in your suit. And so then you get like this cool teal organic suit. Okay. uh, Instead of the Varia armor. And I just thought, Samus looked awesome in that the fusion suit and then <laughs> at the same time as you're playing this game you're being hunted by Parasite SA-X that is like impersonating your various suit so you're being oh. hunted through this game like Predator style by your own armor and these were some scary moments in this game where wow you'll come out into a room where maybe you'll be in a warp ball going through a pipe and right Uh below you is the virus in your suit hunting you and then sometimes it does find you and chases you and is is very scary 
Dang. <laughs> that is kind of creepy. <laughs> but anyway, I don't, I don't have a ton to say about this game because it's pretty straightforward. If you if you know Super Metroid, you know this game. Um, we were talking about the concept of Metroidvania with Castlevania, where basically what that means is that the gameplay is... It's basically 2D open world. Yeah. It's the best way to describe it, where at any point you can go back to where you've been and yep. use new items to pick it to to blow up walls or, or do things like that and yeah that's metroidvania but okay. one thing i did not realize is that this game came out the exact same day as metroid prime they launched together oh. okay so that came out on gamecube on the same day and I didn't remember that at all. And because of that, I was wondering, did that hurt its overall sales? My impression would be that people would see, oh, there's two Metroid games. I'm going to get this newer GameCube one, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get Prime, not this Game Boy Fusion. And honestly, I don't think it hurt the sales too much. I was trying to find like its total North American sales. Uh-huh. And it looks like Fusion sold... Uh, 940,000 copies while Prime sold about one and a half million. So about a 500,000 difference, which is big, but honestly, I think that makes sense for console versus Game Boy. So I don't think it really hurt its sales, but uh, I don't know. I didn't buy it. I've just had Jason's copy for the past 20 years. So (laughs) Jason, if you can't find Metroid Fusion, it's because it's mine now. (laughs) And thus the secret is out. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. So that's Metroid Fusion. Great game. Definitely worth replaying. I think I'm going to do that after I finally beat Minish Cap again. It's awesome. But uh, let's go on to some honorable mentions that I wrote down. Okay. So first, first off, obviously, we got the Pokemon games. Yeah. We got fire red and leaf green. And then the actual new ones was what? Sapphire... Uh, Ruby and Crystal. I think that's right. Yeah, I think so. Pokemon, uh, we don't need to go in depth with Pokemon. I just, I wanted to say like, yes, we know those games are hugely important on the Game Boy Advance, but we've talked about Pokemon at length in the past and Mm -hmm. they're super important. But uh, a few other games that I remembered, one being the Tony Hawk games that are on Game Boy Advance. Oh, and snap. <laughs> they weren't great, but you had, is it American Skateland? Oh, that was on the DS, yeah. Oh, so you didn't have one on Game Boy? No, I had one on Game Boy Color, but it was garbage. Oh, okay. Darn it, I, wanna, I, I still want to talk about it, because I had a story. And you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> so you have American Skateland on DS, yes. mm-hmm. and the fun part about this is, yeah, a DS has a mic on it, so you get to record <laughs> some sounds in this game, and you can record what your crash sound and your landing a special sound. Yeah, you crash sound, you're landing a special sound, and then like an extra one. <laughs> and but... so y- you let me record these for you. Yes, on your on your DS, and I believe they're still there. I don't think you ever overwrote them. Oh no, I didn't because but... they were great. <laughs> Let's see if I can if I can remember these impressions. I'm pretty sure if you land a special, it just goes, "Yay!" And yep. <laughs> if you crash, it goes, "Wah wah!" Yeah, you did this crazy <laughs> noise that cannot be replicated, and it's still there well, because it, the quality drops coming out of the DS, and it made it sound even funnier. Yeah, but you can like speed them up and slow them down. <laughs> So, like, I would mess with that and just, like, laugh my head off. But, yeah. And then I would crash all the time just because it sounded funny. But it's still there. <laughs> all right. Um, well, okay. So, that was not Game Boy Advance. But fun story. Yes. And there's a lot of good sports games, surprisingly. All the Mario sports, mm. like tennis and golf, held up pretty well on the Game Boy Advance. Golf was great um, on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about that, how you ported your... Your characters into the GameCube version. Oh, yes. OP all the way. And then the last one was the Mario vs. Donkey Kong series. Did Mm. you play that? I never did, but my brother had it. It is good. It's it's a puzzle game. 
oh. where what what's the premise? It's like Mario's putting out these toys of himself, and like Donkey Kong's jealous and is trying to stop the toys from being put out or something. So you have to get all these. They're like wind up Mario toys. You have to get them to the exit or something like that. So oh. my cousin had it, and he was quite a bit younger, and so he was struggling with it, and he let me borrow it. And I beat it, and he's just—he was blown away that I was able to solve these puzzles. <laughs> um, but it was good. And as I wrote this down, I immediately hopped on eBay and found it for like twelve bucks, and just ordered okay. that. So I'm gonna nice. play that soon too. But I don't remember it very well. But it was a good, good game, and it went on to have quite a few sequels on the the DS, I believe. That's awesome. There is one honorable mention I'd like to put out there, and okay. that is Banjo Kazooie: Grunty's Revenge. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So what what was that game about? It was it takes place in between Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie when Grunty's still under the rock and uh-huh. she or she has Klungo make like a mecha suit of her and her spirit transfers to the mecha suit and oh. she tries to take over them again, but this time Banjo and Kazooie have to go in the past to like find Mumbo back when he was in this like 70s pad or whatever (laughs) and yeah it was it was really interesting yeah i forget the details there but it was a fun kind of 2.5d isometric view game with really good sprites it had some issues with like distance rendering because the shadows weren't very good so it was hard to do depth perception but um, there were some issues with that but other than that it was fun i played quite a bit out of that yeah i'm looking at screenshots it looks pretty good it's like a full top-down adventure yeah it was good like there were some fun things you could transform into and the graphics i thought were really good too yeah they are Hmm. maybe i'll find that on ebay too yeah this looks good grunty's revenge so uh just i had some conclusion questions for you Hmm. when we look at the grand scheme of of all of all handhelds consoles what makes the GBA stand out? Like, Grand what's scheme. what's the most appealing thing about this the Game Boy Advance? Other than the fact that it's Nintendo, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. Um, I, I don't want to say the hype. Maybe the games around it. Like okay. it had some pretty hardcore titles associated with it, and some pretty strong franchises. But that's that's kind of what I see. Yeah, I see it as like it, it stands out for one just because they were decently they were cheap, but they didn't feel cheap. Mm-hmm. And they had really good battery life, but also as we were saying with the Super Nintendo comparison is it just had this great library of games that were very comparable to the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And everyone loved those, so like why would you not love them in handheld form? Other than, you know, the garbage light-up screen, or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. It was. I, just can't, I can't believe they didn't put out a solid backlight till 2005, but... <laughs> yeah, the two, that's after the DS. They put yeah. that out after the DS. That's ridiculous. Sure. Which had a backlight in and of itself, so maybe yes. that was to get people to buy the DS, because you could also play Game Boy Advance games on that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> For a little huh. while before they made different models, but yeah, like the DS, DSI, and whatnot. But yep, we'll talk about that some other time. Yes. All right. So that is the Game Boy Advance. It was an awesome system with some awesome games, and uh, I certainly enjoyed my time with it, and am enjoying it again with my new and improved screen. All right, so before we officially wrap it up, we are going to play a game. We're going to bring Lindsay back in because we tried to do a game of the top fives, you know, last season. They didn't go too well, but I got a new one I want to try with three people to for today. So uh, let's take a quick break and then be right back with Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone. We are back with Lindsay. Lindsay, say hey. Hey. Thank you. All right, so we're going to play a, a new game that I stole from another podcast called 
go on, name them. And I've already explained the rules to Jake and Lindsay, but I'll try to quickly explain them to you, listener. And that is, I have got three categories. And as an example, let's use Zelda. I don't know how many Zelda games there are, but let's say there's 20 Zelda games. And then one of them will go first and be like, I can name three of them. And the other would have to say, okay, well, I can name five. Each person having to one-up the other. At any point, though, the other person can say, okay, go on, name them. And they then have to try to, if Jake said he could name seven, he has to try to name seven Zelda games. And if he gets it right, he gets a point. If he gets one wrong, then Lindsay gets the point. And... Uh, Oh my gosh, our dog is being very whiny <laughs> in the other room right now. He got locked I don't out. Think the, I don't think the uh, listeners are going to care about that. Uh, hopefully his whines aren't being picked up on mic. But anyway, um, <laughs> but also I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to monitor your time. If you're taking way too long to think of answers, then I'm just going to give you the buzzer and you lose that round. <laughs> How long? Uh, like five seconds. Can I get that in writing? I'll, yeah, I'll text you. <laughs> okay. So I think you two are clear. So let's, I'll have Jake, you can, you can give the first number of how many you think you can name. But here's our first okay. question. According to my internet research, there are 12 games that include Luigi in the title of the game. How many can you name? I can name three. Lindsay? I can name four. Ooh, Jake? Name them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Lindsay. All right, I've been challenged. Okay, um, well, Mario and Luigi's Superstar Saga, which yes. we just talked about. Um, there's Luigi's Mansion, of course. There is um, Mario and Luigi bowser's inside story correct and dr luigi dr luigi that is correct as well oh snap that was awesome all right she got you pretty easily on round one so one point to Lindsay. our next question there are six 2d side-scrolling metroid games how many, and since Lindsay won that first round, Jake, you can be the first to go again. How many side-scrolling okay. Metroid games can you name? I can name four. Ooh, Lindsay? Um, I wish I could say five, but I can only say four as well. All right, name them, Jake. All right, there's Metroid. Yes. There's Super Metroid. Yes. There's Metroid 2. Yep, there's three. And Metroid Fusion. Correct. The other two were Metroid Zero Mission and Metroid Samus Returns. Hmm. Okay. But, all right, there we go. So if you guys haven't noticed, these, I'm trying to keep these relevant to the Game Boy Advance in some way. <laughs> but Good job. So it is now, <laughs> it is one point each for the final round. In the original Pokemon games, or the remakes of Red and Blue, there are eight badges to be earned throughout the game. Name those badges, Lindsay. I can name three. Three. I can name... Oh, gosh. I can name four. <laughs> Lindsay? Okay, um, so there's... there's... Oh. No, hold on. He said he can do four. Can oh, okay. You do, can you no, do more? No, I cannot. So, Jake, name them. Name four yeah. badges. Okay, there's the fire badge. Nope. There's not? No. Oh, snap. There's the water badge. <laughs> nope. <laughs> why am I losing right now? How, how do, why am I not getting this? Isn't that what they're called? No, they're... Although the element is probably correct they all have different names i think yeah you're thinking of the little symbol but that's not their actual name so yeah let me go ahead and name okay. them for you wait can i say mine okay yeah sure. so, yeah i i know zero then <laughs> boulder is one right? yeah boulder's the first um, one rainbow yep and soul those are the three i could remember yes so it's boulder cascade thunder rainbow soul marsh volcano and earth oh wow 
Nice job, Lindsay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I right. did not know that. Wow. Okay. I can't believe I beat a gamer on a gaming podcast. Good grief, Jake. Pretty proud of myself. <laughs> Lindsay, you're probably more, way more of a gamer than you think then. Well, thank you. <laughs> of course. Of course. All right. Well, that is it, everyone. So hopefully you enjoyed this this little game. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. This was it was fun. a blast. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Remember, we are on Twitter now. So check out our Twitter feed. Give us a follow. We'll have good nerdy stuff on there and more of Jake's adventures in Japan to be found. So take a look there. But other than that, this has been Region Unlocked. My name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. And I'm Lindsay. Have an awesome nerdy week. Sayonara. Sayonara.